Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Brandon Hunt, um, Art Rooney II, and all really the Steelers front offices. They look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. And that's something that I think, you know, Steelers fans were thinking about this more confidently by the day. I mean, really, it is only the safety position heading into the draft in just a few weeks' time um, that's really sitting there, you know, glaring for the Steelers. Uh, we're not going to talk about safety today, though, uh, you know, and, it, you know, one that I do want to look at. I'm waiting till they sign that player, and then we can potentially look at some draft picks as well. But I want to talk at the wide receiver room this week because this is probably, apart from tackle or maybe cornerback, this is the position that I think Steelers fans are probably sitting there going, well, what are we going to do here? We lost Juju. We lost James Washington. We lost Ray Ray McLeod. I don't think Ray Ray's, you know, the biggest loss, but the Steelers were using him a lot, regardless of what I think about him, regardless of what I've said about him on, you know, touchdown under um, Steelers, touchdown under, uh, regardless of what I've said there, you know, he was obviously a contributor for the Steelers and you saw that he got a two-year, $10 million deal. Good on him. Um, all credit to him. It wasn't that I thought he was the worst player in the world. He was definitely better than what Dante Moncrief taught, turned out to be for the Steelers, but I didn't think he was the answer there at anything more than the fourth or fifth wide receiver and i also thought they should bring in someone young in the return game now they've got gunner as well and he factors into the wide receiver room to an extent too but look in today's show we're going to have a look at a couple of free agents in part one that maybe the Steelers go after and the reason why even though a few of them are a bit older and you know outside of that sort of what Kevin Colbert said where they're looking to get an eye on the second maybe third contract um, depending on how many years they've actually got in the league whether that that, that when it comes to that third contract um, we're going to talk about what I mentioned about a couple of those players and why um, you know I, I think they might work for the Steelers and then in part two we're going to look at some of the rankings right now in the wide receiver rooms, um, you know, or the wide receiver cohort, if you like, across the NFL from, from two different sources there. Uh, and then we're going to have a look particularly into four or five sort of key key players there and, and what their, you know, some of their production in college because, you know, I've been listening to a lot, I listen to a lot of different podcasts even outside BTSC. And, you know, one of them I'm really enjoying for the geeks out there is, um, you know, you know, is NFL tape heads. Now that can be a hard one to listen to. I you know, need to listen to it. I need to grab a lot of information to do the, this podcast and touchdown under and, you know, and I love it. And it is very, you know, stat heavy, very film geeky, you know, type of, type of podcast. And you know what? You don't need that because when it comes to Steelers, you've got that on behindthesteelcurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, where you've got vertexes from Jeffrey Benedict and Dave Schofield and film room analysis from KT Smith plus others i know shannon white does it occasionally too um or puts that you know does it and feeds it into the the written word within his articles uh and then you've got on the cutting room floor that jeffrey benedict like jeffrey benedict does each week and and that really does that from a, an audio perspective so you don't need to go into that but it, that, anyway this nfl tape heads is done by the jet one of the jets radio announcers and one of the guys that works for nfl films and they're really they're only doing this in the lead up to the draft and it's really this analysis uh, you know, of trends, of players, of how they're, they're, you know, they're projecting to the NFL. And, you know, the one thing that they continue to highlight is you've got to be a proven producer. Um, and by proven producer, I don't mean on an audio show, I mean, you know, a radio network, I mean, producer in terms of the production that you have on the field. And I think that's really important because last year, when we think about it, I previewed on the first ever 
uh, war room, we were cap room first during last year's free agency, then we became war room. The first war room I ever did, um, you know, I was, I was saying not the first cap room, but the first war room where we looked at draft prospects, I looked at a couple of Miami guys, and one of them was Quincy Roche, who was the six-round pick for the Steelers. And I loved the fit for him, and I said it then. Um, you know, I didn't just call Kendrick Green. Uh, I did mention Framuth. I did mention Quincy Roche. Um, I had those guys, and I didn't touch Najee because there was enough linkages there that if he was on the board, um, you know, uh, after Etienne or Javante Williams, I figured he was going to be taken by the Steelers. Uh, and you had enough shows, you know, talking about Najee Harris. So, but what, what going back to Quincy Roche, he was a proven, proven producer on the field for Temple before being disrupted with COVID at, at um, Miami. He went to play for the Hurricanes. So that's why I sort of sit there and it's like, well, you've got to have proven producers. So we're going to look at five guys that I think are interesting producers for their team. So, and so the top guys, we're going to look at the rankings I said, but then we're going to look at five potential prospects for the Steelers. So look, let's kick it off. So NFL free agency right now, wide receivers, Look, they've been, we've seen a lot of money exchange hands. You saw Ray Ray, you know, obviously go to the 49ers for that money. Um, Byron Pringle was picked up on, by the Bears. So it was, you know, um, St. Brown. You know, we saw Juju go to the Chiefs um, for about 10 million a year. You saw James Washington go to the Cowboys. His was a couple million dollars, his deal there. You know, Michael Gallup was re-signed by the Cowboys. You saw trades for guys like Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams. Christian Kirk got a massive payday uh, there from there from the Jaguars. It's still it's pretty crazy about that one, really. Um, DJ Chalk got some money too when he went over to the Lions. Um, you know, so they're just a couple of names that I guess, you know, you know, Demarcus Robinson actually as well, been going over to the Chiefs, Allen Robinson over to the Rams. So Right now, the way you see it, if you look at the top 25 guys uh, based on average um, annual earnings over, you know, that are available still in free agency, you know, you've got guys like Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller, T.Y. Hilton, Cole Beasley, A.J. Green, Emmanuel Sanders, Keelan Cole, Sammy Watkins, Alan Hearns, Albert Wilson, John Ross, Deshaun Jackson, Danny Amendola, Odell Buckham Jr., Marquise Goodwin, Adam Humphreys, Mohamed Sanu, Marcus Johnson, D.D. Westbrook, um, Damien Bird, Tav- Tavon Austin, Kenny Stills, um, Andre Roberts, Travis Benjamin, um, Alex Eric- Erickson, and Chester Rogers. Now, the youngest guy in all of those names I just read out is 27 in John Ross, and we, we've saw, seen how much he struggled despite his excellent speed, and that's a good reminder that the combine isn't everything, um, you know, particularly when he runs, like, I think around like a 4.28 or something, and, you know, then you look at Cooper Cup around in the four sixes and look at the difference there. Um, but the key point is he's 27. He's the youngest guy there. Most guys here are actually, you know, there's a good cohort at 28. There's a good cohort at 33, and by good cohort, I mean size. Um, but all these, most of these guys are hovering around that 30, 31 mark if you average these ages out. And so that doesn't necessarily correlate with what Colbert said about contracts. But what it does do is you look at the Steels wide receiver room with Claypool, Deontay, um, guys like Rico Bussey, Cody White that are in there, even Anthony Miller, who I think could do a lot for the Steelers. You've got to remember he was with the Bears with Trubitsky. Um, you know, he can do, I think, a little bit in the slot as well. 
But when you when you look at these guys, you know, with the guy that's 27 there in John Ross or probably the Steelers, you know, it's probably not really the guy they're targeting. So I wanted to pick three guys that I think would actually be interesting. And I think one's Keelan Cole, who played with the Jets last six foot one, 194 pounds out of Kentucky Wesleyan. He was an undrafted free agent in 2017. He's had a decent, decent few years in the league. Um, there, you know, to date. He he's had 13 touchdowns across five seasons, five in 2020, three in 2019, three in 27. They're the highlights. Um, 27, 2017. Um, receiving yards that was 700 in his first year, rookie in the league. Uh, the next highest, you know, over 700 there for that, that rookie year. Then he had over 600 in 2020. He had almost 500 last year across 15 games. Um, he was a healthy scratch in the other one. He played 51.3% of the offensive snaps last year, but the year before he played 75.7% um, there. And then his first two years in the league, he played about, you know, to about two thirds, you know, around at the 66% mark. Uh, as averaged, you know, about 35, 40 receptions with a career high of 55 in 2020 and then 38 in 2017 and 2018. Um, so he's got, a, he's got a bit of experience, um, not going to demand a huge amount of money. Um, but he's a bit more of that veteran presence in that locker room there. But he is also only 29. And so that's the thing that I think with him, when you look at it, um, there is is what does that offer the Steelers? I mean, he's 28 right now, but he'll be 29 this season. So that offers the Steelers an opportunity to bring someone that's a bit experienced in, but it's got a bit of production. doesn't have to be the top guy in that room. So if you did draft a player fairly highly, he's not going to be perturbed by that, I don't think. You know, play with the Jaguars and the Jets, that from that perspective, you look at a guy like Keelan Cole, he's got that experience. He's played on worse teams. Maybe he wants to come to a winning team like Steelers and play with Trubitsky. And so I like the fit there with Keelan Cole um, in for, for what the Steelers are looking for in a wide receiver there. And I, and I do think he can fit our scheme all right. Then the next player I wanted to look at was Kenny Stills. Now he's age 30, similar kind of similar situation. Um, he's over there at the Saints. I could see the Saints wanting to bring him back. Um, you know, obviously he was drafted by the Dolphins, then he was traded to the Saints, played with the Texans, he's played with the Bills, and he's played back with the Saints, you know, from that perspective. So he he's been in the league now for quite a while, quite a while going back 2013. A lot more touchdowns. He had a career high of nine in 2016. He's only had one the last two seasons, but he's not played more than 13 games and he's not played more than 25% of the offensive snaps the last two years. Uh, when you look at it from, from that perspective, but you're talking about a guy that's got almost 50 touchdowns in the league uh, in, in quite a bit of experience, you know, over his not eight seasons, um, I'm sorry, nine seasons in the league so far, this will be his 10th season. So, you know, He's someone that not hasn't really delivered the last two years, but when you really look at it, he has delivered um, over the course of his career and he can deliver. And again, it's that veteran presence. It's that guy that he only needs to get you three or four touchdowns and it's probably what you want. It's that mentoring. It's that body. It's the proven performance. Um, so Kenny Stills is another one out there. I think I'm more of a Keelan Cole fan um, at this point in time, but Kenny Stills is one that you know I definitely think I wouldn't hate it if the Steelers, you know, brought him in, you know, on a team-friendly deal. The next guy is Odo Beckham Jr. I mean, I'm just interested to see, you know, obviously he's got the ACL. You know, he's a guy that's probably going to get signed after the draft when a team that needed a wide receiver misses or chooses, you know, and misses on a wide receiver because they've picked another position and guys fall into them, they've done a trade, whatever it is. You know, and that team could well be the Steelers when if they do need to go quarterback, you know, if they do feel like they need to reinvigorate, you know, the offensive line even further, if they need to do more defensive.
defensive line and cornerback. That could that team could be the Steelers. Um, but we know Odell Beckham Jr., 5'11", 198 pounds, according to um, over the cap, um, out of LSU. He's done an incredible amount in the league, won the Super Bowl this year. So, you know, it's, it's different for him. Dominated when he came to the league, 12 touchdowns in 12 games in his rookie year, 13 touchdowns in 15 games the next year. You know, first three seasons in the league, you know, over 1,300 yards. And then he had only played four games in 2017, three touchdowns, 300 yards. That's pretty good. That's, you know, um, pretty good performance there. Then he had another two 1,000-yard seasons in 2018 and 2019. Uh, and then he went, you know, over to the Browns um, in 2018 and and you saw him drop off the, the radar, be dropped off the map injuries, you know, in 20, 2020 um, and 2021. But, you know, five touchdowns this year, you know, across the Rams and the Browns, three touchdowns the previous year with the Browns. You know, so Odom Beckham Jr. is available. And, you know, I know the Steelers' salary cap, you know, I think there's about $13 million that they've got that they could play with right now. And we don't know what they're going to do with safety. Maybe you get Terrell, you know, for three or four. Maybe then that gives them eight or nine they could offer, um, you know, Odom Beckham Jr. And, and that's fair. I mean, you know, when you look at Odom Beckham Jr. as well, you know, he was only paid about $5 million at the at the Rams. Um, you know, he has averaged $10 million per year throughout his career. Uh, from that perspective. So, you know, when you, and I mean, look, the Browns contract was a bit high. He's not going to command that money now. So when you think about it, maybe the Steelers, if they could get him for eight or nine, you'd be laughing, I think. Um, You know, there's guys, I've talked about it with Jeffrey Bendick when I was on the Steelers Q&A show two, three Sundays ago now. Um, You know, guys like T.Y. Hilton, I don't want them to spend money on Will Fuller. I think Jarvis Landry will go to a different team. I'm not the biggest fan of Sammy Watkins, Alan Hearns, I don't like it. I don't like the fit. Um, and not that he doesn't necessarily fit the scheme. I, I just don't like where where he's sitting there at 31. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I just don't don't like it. Um, Danny Westbrook's the only probably other one that I think I sit there and I think, oh, I wouldn't mind seeing that. 29, six foot, um, you know, being in the league a while as well, um, over five seasons. Hasn't got the production of like a Keelan Cole, though. Has, you know, been injured, you know, in 2020 and 2017. Um, less than 10 touchdowns since he entered the league. Never had more than 700 yards. That's not the guy that I think is going to be the difference maker for the Steelers, like a like a Keelan Cole potentially would be. With that, we're going to take a break on this week's Steelers War Room. Join me for part two. As I say, we're going to look at some draft picks. We're going to look at some rankings first, some draft picks at wide receiver room, um, bit of production as well, and we'll see where we're traveling from there. Um, but look forward to joining you in part two. Back on Steel's War Room, and I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Brandon Hunt, Art Rooney II, um, and the rest of Steel's front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond, a roster that's going to chase a seventh Lombardi trophy. We need that seventh Lombardi. It's been a while. You know, we're getting all we're getting here the, the itch for that. 
um, that seventh Lombardi. So let's bring it on. Let's start that. Your steals are rebuilding, retooling, but let's bring it on. Um, so the first thing I wanted to do, it was interesting. I went through Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 people know listening to the show regularly. Now I'm a fan of, you know, Move the Sticks and Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. I've been listening to them since almost I think the first year they did the show. Um, found it really interesting. It's built a lot of my interest in the franchise building side of things. Um, but he's recently released the the top 50 rankings. And we've talked a little bit about that on this show, but just to recap with the wide receivers, there were eight wide receivers in the top 50. There were two in the top 10, um, you know, so that that's also interesting from that perspective, different schools, uh, you know, and there's some interesting players there that are going to float between this round one, round two, maybe there's one or two even that go into round three, but the current rankings of 3.0, I think he does four or five before the draft. Garrett Wilson was fifth player overall, um, top wide receiver out of Ohio State, the Ohio State. Drake London out of USC was eighth overall uh, there and second for the wide receivers. The third wide receiver was Chris Olave, 16th overall. The fourth wide out of Ohio State. The fourth wide receiver was Jamison Williams, um, 17th overall out of Bama. Now that he obviously has the injury, but you know, in, it depends what you want to do, what you want, how you want to use him, because he's considered by a lot of you know people, you know, in the NFL business and, and different pundits and what have you, as the most explosive um, and potentially the top player in this draft uh, from from that perspective, from potential wise, potential wise. Um, then you've got Traylon Burks at 21 out of Arkansas. Now he's someone that's dividing opinion. Didn't have a great combine on pro day um, from that perspective. I think he's known as pro day. Uh, but the way you could use him, a lot of people are trying to compare that to Debo, Samuel, uh, you know, there. Traylon Burks is a bit of an interesting one from that perspective. Divides opinion. I think that's probably a bit high um, given where probably other guys fall on this list. But I, I do think he's copying a pretty bad rap at the moment. Um, and you can't expect him to be Debo Samuel. That, that, that's really unfair. Um, then you've got Johan Dotson, 25th out of Penn State, someone that you're starting to see mock to the Steelers a little bit. Um, Sky Moore out of Western Michigan, 44. He's like the combine darling, um, if you like, when you talk, like whether it is NFL media, whether it's even some of the BTC colleagues that we have. I've heard that, you know, Bucky Brooks is pretty keen that he's, you know, Green Bay are really keen on him and they've got some late picks in the first and because they even go that high. Um, now they've got the multiple picks. Um and then you've got Christian Watson there out of North Dakota State University who really wowed at the Senior Bowl, um, you know, and has really showed up at the Combine as well. He's a big body there, 6'4", 208 pounds. But obviously, you know, the competition of that that the North Dakota State University playing um, and play against makes that a, a probably a tough valuation. It counts against him a little bit. But, hey, you got a team like Detroit Lions picking late in the first. You know, the Steelers picked him at 52. I think everyone, no one had no one argued with that. But that's the rankings from Daniel Jeremiah. Then if I look at the draft network, who who I look at a bit, I'm not going to go off PFF. We are going to go off when we go explore some players. We'll look at PFF. Um because they've got the best, they've got the best sort of stats from a college perspective that you can pull up. Not every college is in Pro Football References Sports Reference page, which is for the college football. Um, but anyway, the draft network have ranked Jamison Williams ninth, Chris Olave eighteenth. This is overall. Uh, Drake London nineteenth overall. Um, Johan Dotson twenty fourth overall. So you're seeing some comparison there. Garrett Wilson twenty sixth overall. Um, Traylon Burks, 34th overall, David Bell, 40, 42nd overall, Skymore, 43rd overall, John Mechie, the third, 46th overall, 
48th overall is Christian Watson. Um, and then the interesting ones are um, 61st overall, Calvin Austin third, 63 overall, George Pickens, 72 overall, Khalil Shakir, Alec Pierce is 92, Wondell Robinson 95. So they're the guys that are in the top 100 there. Um, and you're looking, you're looking at about, I think that's almost 20 guys um, on that list. So that's that's kind of the interesting part um, when you when you look at that. But I think there's some differences there. Um, one thing to know with the draft network too, if you are looking at any of their stuff, the draft network, most of their rankings when they and they rank them and even when they mock them, they do it factoring like not factoring the injury per se. So Jamison Williams is the top wide receiver. That doesn't mean he's going to be the top pick, but he's the top one on the board, you know, discounting the the injury. So for instance, they had Caleb Farley last year as the best cornerback, discounting the injury. Um, So that's important. So there's interesting that, you know, Alave and London there sort of battle between the second and the third spot. Um, They have Traylon Burks a bit later on after his, his average Pro Day um, and Combine. Um, Sky Moore's in there in the top eight guys. David Bell, obviously, he tested terribly at the Combine and that's really affected his stock. Someone will still find him and, and, and pick him there from Purdue. Um, that that sort of gives you an interesting perspective on where things are starting to fall. The later picks, you know, you've got guys with guys like Justin Ross, Romeo Dubes, Bellis Jones Jr. out of Tennessee, um, Bo Melton, who, you know, KT Smith um, has a bit of background on him. You've got guys like Jalen Naylor, Reggie Robson Jr. out of SMU, Charleston Ramber out of Miami, um, Dontario Drummond, who you've seen a bit of alignment with the or, or talk about him with the Steelers, Jakari Robeson um, at 273, a guy I really like out of Wake Forest, um, Trey Turner out of Virginia Tech, who unfortunately I think the testing has really let him down. Um, and, and where he'll get taken, you know, in, in the league um, as well. And I think that that, you know, becomes a bit disappointed. Guys like Tyquan Thornton. So let's talk about a couple of these prospects. Uh, we'll probably go with the top one on my list. Now, you're going to notice a theme with these guys. I, and I wanted to cover Johan Dotson, but other people have been talking about him the last few weeks when he's been mocked. So the guy that's highest, um, on my board that I'm going to talk about, the highest on from Daniel Jeremiah's perspective um, there that I've got, <laughs> and I do like Drake London. I just can't see him falling to the Steelers. If if I had my pick, all the wide receivers in the first round, you know that I think would really, you know, if there were any chance of falling to the Steelers, that would be him. Um, Chris Olave, I've now got questions about um, Jamison Williams' injury for me. That's not what the Steelers need right now. Garrett Wilson, not enough proven production. Um, you know, and you can say the same with Drake London, but you've got a guy who's six foot four, 220 pounds. I just, he's a West Coast, you know, he's playing the West Coast SEC, you know, um, as a wide receiver there. You know, they need fast guys. I like it. I just like what, you know, he could potentially do there. And I don't think Claypool's the long-term big wide receiver that we thought we got. Um, or he's going to have to prove me wrong. Um, and many other Steelers fans as well. But the guy that the guy that we're going to look at um, first is Christian Watson out of North Dakota State University. So it gives you an idea that I'm not going to cover, you know, all necessarily the top guys um, there. But I think when you look at what he's been able to do, you know, Christian Watson in college, you know, they have him listed, PFF has him listed at six foot five. Um, most other people are getting him at six foot four, about 210 to 215 pounds. PFF has him at 208. 
four seasons at North Dakota State, offensive grade got better from 58 in 2018 to 77.9 in 2019 to 69, dropped to 69.9 in 2020. Um, but he really only played, didn't play as many games. And then you saw him last season with an offensive grade of 87.8. Again, the rest of his numbers across receiving drops and, and fumbles are all um, pretty similar in the way they go high in 2019, go back down in 2020, and then high again in 2021. Um, you know, f- from that perspective, he's played 760 snaps in the, uh, you know, passing um, in, in the passing game since he's in college football, um, 726 those receiving from, from that perspective. He's had 180 targets and caught 104 balls, which is 57.8%, 2,140 yards, 20.6 yards per reception average, and 14 TDs, seven of which were in 2021, one in uh, 2020, and six in 2019. So that's Christian Watson. Um, but you saw, you know, he got really attuned and could level up to the competition um, at the at the senior bowl and certainly tested well at the combine. Um, and that's something that's certainly in his favor when you look at Christian Watson uh, and, and his draft prospects really as well. Um, you know, even though, as I say, you know, he's there at 45 um, on Daniel Jeremiah's list, there at 48 across the draft network. Um, I think he, I think he's a guy though that a couple of years, you know, maybe even, you know, not really playing that many snaps in year one will really benefit him, um, you know, and maybe, and that's a realistic, realistic pick for the Steelers in, you know, second round if he's available and beyond. So the next highest guy on the list, I think he's probably George Pickens. Uh, they're out of Georgia, six foot three, 200 pounds, according to PFF. Um, if you look at, George Pickens on Draft Network. They have him at 6'3", 200 pounds as well, junior out of Georgia. Um, sort of slipped down the rankings as things have developed, but I don't think that's going to overly affect his draft stock. Um, you know, offensive grade was 85.5 in 2019, 70.7 in 2020, 73.5 in 2021. Um, receiving grade, you know, went from 88 all the way down to 72 in 2021, 88 in his rookie rookie year or rookie college year, um, freshman year in 2019 for Georgia. Um, 139 targets in college game, 90 receptions for 64.7% um, average, you know, or 64% um, reception uh, receptions there that he caught. Um, 1,346 yards, 15 yards per reception, 14 TDs, no TDs in 2021, but he missed a lot um, of football there. Um, Eight in 2019, six in 2020. So he's a guy that's got decent production, but he's really not been able to do much this year, but he only played um, in the college football playoffs. And then he also only played in week 13. He had the injury. So um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting situation there with George Pickens. Then we get to a guy that I think, you know, it's funny when you look at these rankings. Um, you know, Alex Alec Pierce has really shot up the boards, I think, a little bit after the combine and, I think, you know, senior bowl um, as well. Obviously played with Desmond Ritter, who a lot of Steeler fans are pretty high on with Alex Pierce. Cincinnati obviously had a fantastic year. Um, you know, his offensive grades went up from a 52 in 2018 with one target to 76.9, a career high in 2021. Um, you know, 
82 targets in 2021, 52 receptions for 63.4%, 873 yards with an average per reception of 16.8 and 8 TDs. Over the course of his college career, he's had 166 targets for 106 receptions. Um, that's a reception percentage of 63.9 per target, um, 1,845 yards, you know, obviously 800 of those coming in the last season, as I mentioned. Um, yards per reception average is 17.4, 13 TDs, eight of them in the last year. So you're getting a guy that's coming in with some recent proven production. And he's a guy that's not on everyone's list, but he's 6'3", 213 pounds. Again, you see some consistency there in what I'm looking at. I'm looking at a guy with decent size, um, decent weight. Uh, I think he ran in the four fives at the combine. Um but he's a guy that's used to not necessarily being on the best team or, you know, I think he's used to a bit of adversity. Um, I think he's a, someone that, you know, can work as part of a team. Yeah, he ran a 4 4 one um, at the Combine. So pretty quick there from Alex Pierce. And I think that really helped his, um, you know, gave him a bit of a payday, helped, you know, him move up the ranking boards. I know there's an article coming out from Shannon White on the website soon about Alex Pierce. So stay tuned for that. I'm really excited for that. But he is someone on my list that I think the Steelers and, you know, even maybe the third round, maybe he drops there. Um, maybe that, that's probably where he should decently be taken. Um, I think you'd be really happy with that. You know, that's that's someone like a Deontay Johnson, different body shape, obviously, but he's someone that in the third round, someone that Steelers can develop. We know the Steelers are famous for developing wide receivers in, the, in that sort of vein. The next guy in terms of ranking, if we're doing it from the draft network, obviously I went top 50 down in Jeremiah, so guys are missing there, is Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor, um, six foot three, 182 pounds. You know, someone that turned some heads um, at the combine with a 4-2-1 um, that later, later turned out to be a 4-2-8. It's funny with Baylor, like a lot of people don't necessarily love their wide receivers, um, you know, and how they play, but, you know, other other you know, coaches will make him fit. Four years in college, um, 229 targets for 143 receptions with a reception percentage there of 62.4%, 2,235 yards, so some proven production, um, 15.6 yards um, average per reception, 19 TDs. His best year was last year, 941 yards, 62 off 98. Um, in terms of receptions off targets, that's 63.3%. Um, say 15.2 yards per reception, 10 TDs. Offensive grade of 82.9 on PFF. Receiving grade of 82.4%. Um, you know, played predominantly wide. 95% of snaps that he played in were, were wide rather than a slot receiver. Um, we know Steelers probably need a slot receiver, but um, or need to do something in the slot receiver game, but that's not his, that's not where he plays. But Tyquan Thornton is someone that I think, you know, played against decent competition, Texas Tech, um, Texas, you know, Ole Miss, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, TCU, so played against my Longhorns. Um, he had a great game against TCU. That was his best of the season. Um, so I think when you when you look at a guy like Tyquan Thornton, again, it's like if he's a guy that's there in the fourth, late in the third, depends when the, the run on wide receivers happens. You sit there and you go, there's guys, it's, he's got some traits there. There's no reason why he couldn't put on, you know, 10 to 15 pounds. I mean, that does affect probably speed, but he doesn't need to run a 428 in the league. He needs to be able to, you know, get a good release, break routes um, and what have you. And I think when you look at a guy like Tyquan Thornton there, um, he's got something to prove coming into the league. He's got a third round grade on him 
Um, from a numbers standpoint, if you look at the draft network, he's got big playability. He's tough. He's got decent football IQ, according to you watch the tape. Um, he's not necessarily makes the most incredible, you know, you know, splash play catch, but he's a good natural receiver, good acceleration. Um, and he's really, really fast with an electric burst. So he's a guy like, again, you just go, can the Steelers mold this guy? Might not make a difference straight away. And that's why you got to think about a veteran free agent, um, you know, or an experienced free agent, like we talked about in part one of the show. But he is a guy that, you know, can offer you some things there without having to spend, you know, a top one, probably a top 100 or at least a top 90 pick on him. And the final guy I'll, I'll talk about is a guy that has been linked to the Steelers um, and in terms of he sort of said he talked to them in Romeo Dubes out of uh, Nevada. And now he's a guy, um, people know I like Carson Strong, so I've seen a lot of touchdowns on tape thrown to Romeo Dubes. Um, four, four years in college, 348 targets for 228 receptions, 65.5%, 3,366 yards, um, 14.8 yards per reception, 26 TDs. Best year, he went from 67 in 2018 PFF grade to an 81.7 last year. He had 110 targets for 80 receptions. That's 72.7% catch rate last year. Um, 1,114 yards, 13.9 yards per receptions, 11 TDs. In 2020, he had his next best year, 90 targets, 60 receptions, so 66% um, reception percentage there. 1,020 yards, 17 yards per reception, nine TDs. Um, so out of the 26 TDs he scored in college, 20 in the last two years, out of the 3,366 yards, 2,130 of those, so almost two-thirds coming in the last two seasons alone, um, has lined up 10 to 10% in 2020 and 21% in a slot Um so 2021 and 2020, uh, mostly though he's been wide um, outside of that, um, doesn't line up, in, hasn't lined up in the line. Uh, best game in this last season gone was against Fresno State. Um, there from a grading perspective, uh, when you actually look at yards though, and when he had 203 there, he had 164 versus Air Force, 127 versus San Diego State, 121 versus Kansas State. Um, Finished this, the last three weeks of the season with six touchdowns, two in every game um, there. So you've got a guy that's got proven performance. Um, not as, but the problem with Nevada, and it's a problem for Carson Strong, is it's the competition they played against. It's not being on national TV all the time. But he's got a guy that does know how to perform. He's a guy that's had a lot of reps. Um, from that perspective, he's played 16, almost 1,600 snaps in college, um, almost 1,500 of those, you know, yeah, lined up in a receiving position um, there. So you've got a guy. You've got a guy that's got that experience um, in, in him. Two hundred pounds, six foot two. He's a bigger guy. I really like him, and I'd love him in the fourth. You know, if God, if he was in the fifth, that would be fantastic. Um, but he's someone not, don't sleep on him. And whichever team drafts him, they're going to be getting a really good prospect. With that, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Looking at wide receivers, stay tuned for BTSC across the next few weeks. I'm going to even release a bit of a big board in the net one of the next two shows. I know that's really late in the piece, but just based on what I'm feeling with the Steelers um, there and starting to put my own war room draft board together. If I was, you know, if I was sitting in there with Kevin Colbert and Brandon Hunt. Um, but yeah, stay tuned to everything across behind the steel network, behind the steel curtain at, um, dot com, uh, network and family podcasts, the morning, noon and night shows, which this is a noon show. Uh, yeah. And just, 
still fans enjoy because in a month's time, they're going to be reading out names, a lot of names you've heard. Um, will go to different teams, but there'll be some names that come with steals. And when they put on that black and gold and when they're drafted, I'm sure you'll be waving that terrible towel in support of them. So with that, go Steelers. Thank you.